This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ah, yes. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Carlin versus Joe. I'm Chris Carlin. He is Joe Fortenbaugh. Joseph, how are you? I am well today, my friend. It is a pleasure to be working these airways with you as always. It is a strong Thursday. We got a strong Thursday today. We do. We've got so much to get to through the course of the show. Uh, at the beginning of the show today, we begin though with the unfortunate events of what transpired yesterday in Kansas City, marring the Chiefs championship parade 22 were injured and one deceased in the shooting near the end of the uh super bowl rally that was held in downtown kansas city as we know all chiefs uh players coaches and staff were safe but uh, unfortunately there was one loss in terms of a death in this horrible horrible act and uh just as we said 22 injured just a little while ago we got an update from Stacy Graves, who is the Kansas City uh, Police Chief. First and foremost, I want to stress that preliminary investigative findings have shown there was no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. This appeared to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. During the overnight hours, we learned there are 23 victims of yesterday's shooting. The 22 victims age range between eight years old and 47 years old. At least half of our victims are under the age of 16. As mentioned yesterday, we have subjects detained, two of which are juveniles. We are working to determine the involvement of others. And it should be noted we have recovered several firearms. Well, the good news out of all of this is that the 22 victims uh, that uh, came out of this are all expected to make a full recovery at this point but of course there was one fatality it's tragic it's across the board and, and joe listen this is not our lane by any stretch of the imagination and you know i hear people all the time try to make sense of it there there just is no making sense of any of this now what words do you want to use you, yeah. you want to use the word tragic you want to use the word sad horrifying disappointing you want to use the word change you want to use the phrase thoughts and prayers just just use them and then get ready to use them again in three to four weeks get ready to use them again in a few months all too common in occurrence here uh eight eight years old out of school celebrating a super bowl i have two sons seven and five that hurts to hear an eight-year-old who probably has never done anything wrong to anyone in his life trying to celebrate the Chiefs. We can't even get that right anymore. We can't even get the idea right of going out and celebrating a Super Bowl without having some sort of tragedy like this. We used to be so good as a country at solving problems. We used to be really good. If you go back to our foundation, we used to solve problems. We had lots of them. We found ways to solve them. We had good people working on it, and we would try to make things better. And now we have this problem It is in our face. We are reminded of it consistently, and we do nothing about it but argue. Nothing. And I sit here as a father of two, and I can tell you twice a year, I get these emails updating me on lockdowns and how the, uh, you know, trial run or whatever they call it, the practice lockdown, it went really well. It went really well. We wanted to let all parents know. That's not comforting. 
and I'm not putting that on the school. I'm just saying to get an email saying the lockdown practice went well, we shouldn't even need to practice lockdowns. That that shouldn't be something a country like this has to endure, especially for children of that age. I, I I'm not a parent. I can't only imagine what goes through your mind when you hear how many of the victims were under the age of 16. Is it half? Half More than or half. 16 More or than younger. Half. Yeah. And that doesn't discount the life of the older people by any stretch. But no. think about what we're doing here. Our job as adults is to protect young people, to protect children. We're clearly failing. I mean, listen, you and I are in the sandbox of life, clearly. Uh, but when all of this kind of stuff happens and nothing continues to change, it's just... It's not mind-boggling, it's mind-numbing in some ways. And I, I, I honestly, there are so many different ways to go with it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm smart enough to know uh, that what the easy solutions are, but there seem to be some pretty easy solutions that we continue to ignore. But I also know that people don't necessarily come to me for my perspective on this kind of thing either. Uh, all I could say is that um, for you, for all the parents out there, for all the people out there that continue to have to live in fear because of these kind of situations that, as you accurately noted earlier, pop up entirely too often and you can almost set your watch by something happening. It, I can't imagine your fears of every day. I, I do too, but I certainly don't face the challenges uh, that most people do here. And I, I mean, just to point out, it was a celebration, right? It was a celebration. So if it's supposed to be a celebration, how are we supposed to do this anymore when this is the case, when this kind of thing happens? Does this mean we can't have parades moving forward? I mean... What are you supposed to do? Are we supposed to turn them into ticket-only events? The mayor of Kansas City a little while ago said, we're going to continue to have our parades. But when things like this happen, I mean, I hate to put it this way, is that really the best thing to do? Yeah. You don't run from stuff like this. You don't let the actions of a very small few dictate the lives of everybody else. Yeah. And that's not who we are as a country. We don't run from this stuff. We solve these problems. That's what we should do. We have a problem. The solution to the problem is not let's take everybody who's not a part of the problem and put them inside and cut off all communication. That's not going to work. That's not who we are. This country is about freedoms. Let's be free. Let's go out. Let's celebrate Super Bowls. Let's be outside. Let's go to school. Let's make it through school days without having shootings. Let's address the problems and let's work to solve them. Okay, on one side, it'll be about the guns. On the other side, it's about the people using the guns. You know what? Both sides make good points. There are problems in both departments. Let's work towards solving those problems. It's not a political thing. Like, this always comes back to politics and what side of the aisle you're on. It's, it can't he said it this morning, right? It's a human thing. It's a human thing. It's a one-sided issue. We got a problem here. I refuse to believe that the same people who can build a car, fly it across the solar system, land it on another planet, and take a bunch of pictures and relay it back to everyone are the same people who can't work to improve this issue, especially when the rest of the world has shown in light of recent tragic events that they can go about improving upon these issues. That's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be problem solvers. That's the thing that separates us 
from the animal kingdom. We can think. We can solve problems. We got a big problem here. We're not doing enough to solve it. There are a whole lot of other emotions, too, that play into it and needs and, and things as humans that people rely on a whole lot more than anything that just would make sense along those lines. Of, of solving problems, yes, but they're a whole lot more interested in, in other things. But again, you know, this is just one of those things where um, we can do nothing uh, other than continue to say these kinds of things and continue to hope that at some point somebody will really do something to solve the problems. But it, it is more than anything else, we are just thinking of everybody involved with this yesterday and we are uh, in a position right now of just trying to keep you distracted from the things of the real world that's that's kind of our job and that's what we're going to do we're going to get into all of the things going on in the sports world uh, throughout the course of the show and uh, again for everyone in Kansas City it's it's a horrible tragedy but we are we are certainly thinking of you right now and, and all the families who have been affected by this it's carlin versus joe on espn radio this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Uh, this is a day betting alert. Handman, do you have the day betting alert? I would like to... Shoot, uh, I'm on top of that. Yeah, if you could hit the button for that at some Day point. Day betting alert. Yes, sir. How about one more time? Day betting alert. Now I'm little, feeling the juice. Yeah, I was hitting it a couple of times. A little slow on the on the uptake there, That's but okay. here we are. That's okay. Day We're, betting alert. We are here and we are feeling grand. Ten minutes from now, Tiger Woods, the big cat, makes his return. Riviera, round one. Genesis Invitational. We got a bet on ESPN bet for you. Tiger Woods to shoot 70 or better. 
70 or lower wins. It's plus 105. We are going to be following this all throughout the course of the show. I have demanded all TVs, of which there are like eight in this studio, all of them be turned to Tiger Woods. I don't even want to be able to see Carlin. I don't want to say this Champions League nonsense in here. Get it off. I want Tiger Woods on all the screens. Uh, Last three trips to Riviera, he has recorded a score of 70 or better in his first round each time. We're having some fun here. We're back in the big cat to shoot 70 or lower at a price of plus 105 in the opening round. Day betting alert. Let's go. That's right, baby. We got to get sh- we got to get sharp. The 49ers here. fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes after one season. Kyle Shanahan took a few nights, thought about the decision, came in this morning, met with Steve Wilkes, and decided to go in a different direction. Is it a scapegoat? Maybe. Is it just wasn't a personality fit? Maybe. But I do know this: I'm, I'm all about results, and the NFL is result oriented. And that 49er defense, they got you results. Is there not a little bit of grace? Yeah. I just I, I, I don't get it, man. Listen, I think we can agree that the 49er defense is not necessarily why they lost the Super Bowl the other day, but something had to give here. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And Progressive, they're making things even easier. They're going to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Here is Kyle Shanahan yesterday, Joseph, on the dismissal of Steve Wilkes. Morning, I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties. Uh, he is a great football coach, but just where we're going, where we're at with our team, from a scheme standpoint and things like that, felt pretty strongly that this was a decision that was best for our organization. I'm committed to trying, with the situation we're in, trying to find what we believe will give the Niners the best chance in 2024. And when you have have a group of guys who have played at a high level doing certain things um, a specific way for a while. Um, I do feel that's the best thing to do for them. Joe, listen, we can look at the number of points that the 49ers allowed this season and say during the regular year, well, what's the issue? They're giving up 17 points a game, right? No, these issues went a lot deeper than that. And it was a bad fit in that Steve Wilkes came into a a system that they the 49ers wanted to play, but was a terrible fit for him. And you saw through the course of the year and really in the playoffs where the big issues were. This is fascinating to me that the Niners cannot figure out how to go away. The Niners cannot <laughs> figure out how to go away. They're the guy at the nightclub who made a mistake and is being asked to leave. You are and being we're turning around out. and screaming, just shut up already. And on the <laughs> way out the door, this guy is like arguing with the bouncer who's trying to be nice, trying to escort him out. He's arguing. He's becoming belligerent. He's loud. Now the bouncer has to put his hands on him to start escorting him. He's trying to fight the bouncer. Now another bouncer comes over. Now tables get knocked over. Drinks are spilled. <laughs> girls are crying. And on the way out the door, the guy punches the fire uh, alarm, breaks his hand. And blood everywhere. That's the Niners. Like, lose the Super Bowl and go away. And somehow they have found a way to just be in the headlines every day for questionable decision-making. Now, when it comes to Wilkes, we can argue whether or not he should be back. The point is, it shouldn't be happening the day everyone is finally ready to move on from how bad you handled overtime. The second everyone was finally ready to move on, after you dragged that out for three days, instead of just going to Cabo, you were finally able to watch us all move on. We wanted to come in and talk about Tatum today. We wanted to talk about the NBA. We wanted to talk about the draft. And yet, 
the Niners are like, let's fire Steve Wilkes. Today's the perfect day. Let's go ahead and make news for that. So Wilkes is out. And you know what? Wilkes should be out. He didn't do a great job. He had a great defense. He didn't do a great job. Last year, number one in the NFL in efficiency, number one in expected points added. This year, those numbers fell to ninth in both games. And you might say, well, they had a great Super Bowl. They were not good against the Packers. They were not good against the Lions in the playoffs. They gave up 52 points and 772 total yards of offense in those two games. This year was not up to snuff. When Robert Sala left the organization, they were fourth in defensive efficiency. When D'Amico Ryans left the organization, they were first in defensive efficiency. Steve Wilkes, ninth in defensive efficiency. It's not terrible, but it wasn't good enough. The parting of ways makes plenty of sense here. People are questioning whether or not Shanahan's looking for a scapegoat. No, Shanahan and the Niners just don't know how to leave the club gracefully. It's not a scapegoat when your superstar players on defense do not believe in what you're doing. And that, as you have heard over the last few weeks, quietly, at least, you know, we've, we've heard different things about that. And then you read about it. Tim Kalakwami in The Athletic had a great story about it today. And basically, you got guys like Fred, Bor- or Fred Warner and Nick Bosa who were kind of done. They, they really didn't believe what was going on. Here's how bad it got, Joe. Remember the game the, in the Super Bowl the other day? Ten seconds left in regulation. Before the play, Shanahan hated the defensive call so much that he had to call timeout. That's a bad sign. That's a really, really bad sign. The 49ers had an incredible weakness on defense. And you might sit there and say, it's all unfair. They got to the Super Bowl anyway. Well, I mean, the Falcons got to the Super Bowl. They also blew a 28.28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. And they went ahead and fired their defensive coordinator a few years back in in, uh, Smith. So if all of that's the case, Richard Smith, if all of that's the case, and it's not a good fit, and it's been clear like that for weeks, why wouldn't you make a change? Got to make a change. It wasn't good enough. It just wasn't good enough. When they moved from Salah to D'Amico Ryans, there was a chance that the defense was going to fall off a little bit. Hey, right? Salah might be available again soon. Who and he, he might be. He <laughs> might be. But you know what? Salah did a nice job. Ryan stepped in. Ryan's did a nice job. And it's clear with all that talent, you can do a very good job with this defense. Wilkes did not do a good job. All right? People will point out, and this is up on the screen right now here, and it was used up on the screen yep. for the morning show, and first take had it up as well. 17 points per game allowed. 17 points per game allowed. How can you fire a guy who ran a defense that gave up 17 points per game. It's incredible. They didn't play anybody. They had 14 opponents this year. 14 opponents, 17 games, because you play the Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals twice. 14 opponents. You know how many of those opponents ranked top 10 in scoring? Four. They played four top 10 offenses, and they weren't even the greatest offenses. They played the Rams twice. The Rams were good this year. Not great. They played, uh, who else had it? Dallas. They shut them down. And we know they were a bunch of frauds. They played Philadelphia, bunch of frauds, and they played Baltimore and they got smacked. They played four offenses that were top 10. So don't point to the fact that they gave up 17 points per game and say that they were good. The one thing you would point to if you want to make an excuse, Hufanga, the safety, kid can play. Fantastic find out of USC a couple years ago. Shows you all the talent Clay Helton had there and couldn't maximize it if a guy that can play to that level in the NFL fell that far in the draft. But he got hurt, and they were certainly missing him later in the season. Look, when you're going to point to one guy as far as an injury is concerned – you, you don't have a leg to stand on. 
Yeah, if, one guy. If people are out there going to talk about, oh, they launched Funga. Funga. Yeah, okay. Still got Nick Bosa. Still got Armstead. Still got all of those guys on defense who are outstanding players. Fred Warner, if he's not the best linebacker in the game right now, he's right there. He's right there. If this were two-man bobsled and you lost the driver, yeah, that'd be significant. 50% of the bobsled team is gone. It's 11 men on defense. You're fine. You lose one, you're all right. I was not expecting a bobsled uh, analogy. Summer Olympics right around the corner. You better be expecting things like this moving forward. But that's Winter Olympics. I know. Bob's in mean, the Winter Olympics. I put it all the – it's all the Olympics to me. Yeah. All the Olympics can be talked about whenever you like. We can talk about this another time. We'll I talk about it right thought, now. I, I have always thought I'd be fantastic in the luge. Always. Well, I mean, gravity for one. Well, gravity Working for on one. Your side there. But you put me in a bodysuit. <laughs> you talk about amazing aerodynamics. Your boy's got it covered. What worries me is the width of the track and whether or not, shall we say – the you big think, man's you able to, I'm too wide for the track that I'm going to get stuck? I'm saying it's a tight track. And I'm saying most losers okay. are lean in physique and are able to navigate that. Well, you maybe know. somebody has just missed the market on this and, and needs to go out and Fat you know, actually. <laughs> where, where are the analytics on this? That somebody who is 300 pounds is going to travel downhill a lot faster than somebody's 125. Here are the analytics. The opening, like, 10% of you in the luge would be the slowest of anyone in the competition. It would take too that's long That's not where I'm doing my damage, Joe. Moving. But that's the analytics. The final 90% would just be all world record-breaking pace. You know how they always put it in the bottom corner, like what the fastest time is? And as you hit the benchmarks, it's either green or red to let you know if you're beating the fastest. Yeah. You would be red, 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 and then all of a sudden it wouldn't even be green. It would be nuclear it'd be glowing be like this guy's suddenly six seconds up on the world record pace they'd start to look at it like it was the scene with chevy chase and christmas vacation yeah. where he boiled up the bottom of the saucer and he's gone like there would be flames underneath me i'd be going so fast how did we get here steve wilkes by the way yeah <laughs> arguably this is the first thing that the 49ers have gotten right this week you know what I'm not even going to go that far. They still did. Just they should have done it on Monday. When everyone's you see, if they were smart, they would have come off the Super Bowl loss. And while everyone's coming at them for how bad they managed overtime, they get rid of Wilkes and you get people talking about something else. And then you get through this whole thing quickly, right? Like we're not. You and I aren't very high intelligence people. We'd be sitting here. Well, what are we supposed to talk about? The firing? Are we supposed to talk about the overtime? We'd mess it up. We'd get through the day and we'd move on to LeBron and Steph Curry and whether or not the trade should have happened. That would have been it. But these guys prolonged it too long. They couldn't even announce the firing at the right time. I, I mean, it sounded like he was doing the conference call from the beach, did it not? That was another thing. Yeah. If it was from the beach, you know what? Don't even pick up. Just don't yeah. show up for the conference call. I don't know why they insist on continuing to talk. I mean, they have just... a statement. We've or or don't. How about this? Don't. On vacation. In, here's your statement. In Cabo, we'll address at the Combine. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 is one quarterback being completely overlooked this offseason. We get into it next on ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. No one talked about him throughout the course of the season, really, as to where it pertained for draft status. Like, all we talked about was Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, and rightfully so. He had won the Heisman Trophy the year before. He had a great season this past year. But Daniels was one of those guys who caught a lot of steam late in the year where they were like, hey, wait a minute, could this guy be a good pro? And yeah, as you're seeing, Field Yates has him number two to the Washington Commanders. I wonder if the Commanders see it that way. Because there's the rumor they want to trade up to one with the Chicago Bears, maybe take Caleb Williams there. Daniels, that might be a nice little consolation prize if you don't get up there you know what i'm saying the numbers that daniels put up this year were just flat out staggering across the board but as we know that only goes so far it's carla versus joe espn radio sirius xm channel 80 on your smart speaker as well follow us on social media at jay fortenbaugh on instagram at that guy carlin mel kuyper jr every thursday at this time joins us right now espn draft analyst and of course co-host of the first draft podcast mel let's get right into it where we are right now versus where we're going to be here in a couple of months give me a sense of your mentality when it comes to the decision that we all assume the commanders are going to need to make between drake may and Jaden daniels I think Drayton Daniels would be slightly ahead of Drake May right now, and I do think the commanders will try to move up to one to get Caleb Williams. Uh, whether the Chicago Bears will want to give up on Caleb Williams and not select him and trade Justin Fields or keep them both, like Adam Schefter suggested, I don't think that would happen. But uh, yeah, I think the Caleb Williams situation is the interesting one. Washington will give up a lot, evidently. That's what you have to maybe move up and get him, if that's true. And the Chicago, do they bite? Or do they just feel like, hey, we can't pass on Caleb Williams. So it's going to be really interesting. They have Justin Fields, who obviously you have to like. What's that like about Justin Fields? But can he be great? Can Caleb Williams be like he was in 2022? Not like he was from midseason 2023 on. So it's really fascinating, guys. The decisions that these teams have to make with quarterbacks who, Jaden, not special till this year. Drake made great last year, not as great late this year. I mean, nothing's easy because the quarterbacks weren't consistent. And Justin Fields hasn't gotten to that elite level yet. So there, there's all kinds of, of, of mixed opinions on all these guys and where they should be taken and what you should do that makes this draft as interesting as any draft I've been associated with in years. Mel, is the gap between Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels close enough where it wouldn't be that bad of a situation for Washington to stay put, draft Daniels, and then keep all of the assets that they otherwise would have traded to Chicago to move up? 
Well, that's, it's team to team, Roach. That's, that's really, you go back to when Lamar went the end of the first round and, you know, Josh Rosen went high. How's that look? You know, Sam Darnold went ahead of Josh Allen. Baker Mayfield went ahead of Josh Allen. Everybody's got different opinions as opposed to where they'll be in two, three, four years. Jaden Daniels right now has made a monumental leap up the board to where he should be based on how he performed and how he, he's a dual threat quarterback who added weight. Now, what's he going to weigh at the combine? We'll see. He's still spindly. He's never going to be, uh, you, know, you know, looking like uh, he's, uh, he's not the, the splendid splinter. He's the splendid splinter. He's another one of those guys, right? <laughs> you know, it was Ted Williams, Devontae. It was, Ted, it was Ted Williams, Ted Williams, Devontae Smith, and now Jaden Daniels. How's that, right? <laughs> so, again, yeah, here we go. But in terms of, of, of Caleb, Caleb was, and I was talking to, this morning to a former uh, personnel director who's got a couple Super Bowl rings, and he was saying, well, Caleb in 2022 was special. Caleb in 2023 from midseason on, that Notre Dame game on, wasn't. But Bill Walsh, the late great Bill Walsh, told me a long time ago when I sat with him at the, at the uh, expansion draft when Carolina and Jacksonville came in, uh, that if you see greatness, i got to, as a coach, maintain that greatness. If you show me that in a game two or a season, whatever, it's up to our coaches to get him to be consistent. Caleb Williams was spectacular in 2022. You can't dismiss that, no matter what you saw from the Notre Dame game on. Okay? And for Washington, I'm sure they see that, and they'll try to move up, and they'll, they have some NBA influence now. Maybe where it's five guys, not 22. Maybe they'll give up a ton, and maybe it'll be too much for Chicago to, to overlook. We'll see. But if I'm Chicago, to pass on Caleb Williams – based on what we saw in 2022, would be hard to do. It's Mel Kuyper, Jr., ESPN Draft Analyst. You mentioned this in the context of your first answer, that at the Adam Schefter suggestion that at least it's been talked about that they could keep Fields and draft Williams. You know, maybe you play Fields next year if they don't feel like Williams is ready to go. Is, is there a scenario in your mind where that would actually work? Well, you figure out who the best quarterback is, and you try. Remember, Bill, uh, the uh, the Steve Walsh and uh, Troy Aikman deal. Yeah. Okay. Remember that whole thing, how that unfolded. And they were fortunate. New Orleans gave up a lot to get Steve Walsh, and Troy Aikman ended up being a Hall of Fame quarterback and won a lot of those Super Bowls. So again, you, you look at that. They did that. You figure it out. You got to hit the, you, the the home run has to be hit. The single, even a double, cannot be hit. You know, unless you have everything around that quarterback who's a single or a double, right? You can, you can have that once in a while, but you better have everything around them. But in the, in the AFC in particular, you better. Now, with the Chicago, they're fortunate. They're in the NFC. Not as many great quarterbacks, right? You, but you think about where we are with this team. If they feel like that Caleb is spectacular and special, but we don't know yet. We, we think he can be, but we're not sure yet. That, that Notre Dame game won't bother us a little bit, right? Mm. And then, But we have Justin, who's shown he can be really good. Maybe, well, you got two guys. It could be a, a grand slams, but one of them probably won't, or one maybe could be. If we have both of them, then we're trading the other guy. We're getting a lot in return, right? So, again, there's not, it's not a bad thought to do that. It's happened before. It could happen again. Uh, there's been talk that even if they did trade the number one pick to say Washington, right, and they keep Justin Fields, that they can. They have the ninth pick, remember? And they're going to get a lot in return from, for giving up that pick. They would still draft a quarterback in the first round. So maybe it didn't Caleb. Obviously, it wouldn't be Caleb. It would be somebody else, whether it's J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, could be one of those other quarterbacks. So if you're going to do that, go that route, why not just draft Caleb and Justin Fields and let it play out and see let the best man win? 
Mel, what's your evaluation on J.J. McCarthy? He's one of the more interesting quarterback prospects because he was at Michigan. Harbaugh loves to run the football. He was dinged up a bit later in the season, so we didn't see him throw a whole lot in that Penn State game. How do you see McCarthy in the transition to the next level? He's one of the toughest guys to evaluate, uh, Joe and Chris, because he didn't have to carry a team. All these other quarterbacks showed that they, they could do it when they needed to. And I, I contest when he did, or contend when he did, he did show that capability when he had to. National championship game, he had a run, he did. He got him out of the hole. When he had to make some throws, he did. He had a couple key drops that weren't his fault. Was, the balls were right on the money. One to Loveland, one to Cornelius Johnson. So for me, uh, you know, they asked him to do what he did. He did it at a heck of a high level. And in the inter- unfortunately, the interceptions he threw, we act like that was a problem because he threw the two pick sixes against TCU in the, in the semifinal game. Okay, that was a problem, but that's what we remember. The Maryland game right before the F, we remember that pick. We remember the three against Bowling Green, but that's all the interceptions he threw, guys. So, again, he didn't throw many, and he can run. He's going to test out athletically, and he's tough. He's smart. He's only just turned 21 in February. He's, he's, a, he's a kid who's going, to be, who's going to draw mixed opinion for the reasons you know. He didn't have to carry that team and go a whole half and he'll throw a football in college when you got a league quarterback? Are you kidding me? Uh, that's, how can that happen, right? Uh, it's not because of a lack of confidence in him. It's because they felt like, okay, we got an offensive line. We can just pound it and we don't have to worry. So at the end of the day, J.J. McCarthy is going to go in the middle of the first round. I think, you know, uh, 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 you know Field Yates thought Denver. I thought Seattle. Uh, some think Chicago at nine. He's going to go somewhere in that middle portion of round one, maybe even a little higher than that. Mel, great stuff as usual. We'll talk to you next week at this time, brother. Thank you, Mel. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Joe, Chris, have a great weekend, guys. You Take too. care, man. Mel Kuyper, Jr., ESPN Draft Analyst, Gary and Mel, Saturday mornings, ESPN Radio, each and every week. Now, I'm chapped. Look. I got to tell you something. I'm real chapped right now. What's the matter? We got this. We made all these bets on Tiger Woods teeing off 1225. He's not in, he's not in any of the featured groups. We can't watch him. Who's producing this thing? Well, hold on, hold on. We we all have to be very careful because we work for the platform that's producing this, and we've okay. all got like a thousand bosses with the way things work around here. I think they're handling it brilliantly. I'm gonna be completely honest though. I'm not I'm not overly thrilled with the direction we're taking on this. Tiger Woods is back. We're all betting on him. He's not in one of these features. I don't need Poseidon Hoot. I don't need to see every shot from Christian Poseidon Hoot today. And it's no disrespect to him. Today's just not the day I'm I'm interested in Christian Poseidon Hoot coverage. Ludwig Ebert. He's a great young golfer. Yeah, we great got him featured group. I can't don't wait. Don't need him today. We all bet on Tiger thinking we could watch him. Tom Kim, I love it. I, here's what I want. I want you to take a microphone, wireless, storm over to the building where they are producing this and get right in that control room, get in somebody's ears. What the hell's going on here? No, that's not where you go because those people are following orders. They're doing what they're supposed to do. You got to go to the top. Can't do that, though. A lot of risk there. I'll tell you, it would be a bold move, though. You certainly get my respect. Bold's one way to look at it. It's like, why is Joe storming into Jimmy Pataro's office right now? I, We're one under through one. We got the update. That's a birdie early. That's it. Hey, for everyone following along, Tiger to shoot 70 or better today. That's the bet. Let's go. We're Carlin cooking. Versus- I'm going to Pataro's office right now. We're going to get this thing solved. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne, Golden State made a bid for LeBron James at last week's NBA trade deadline, but neither LA nor James were ultimately willing to explore it. We have to wonder how happy LeBron James is with Lakers management. And by Lakers management, I'm thinking Palenka more than Jeannie Buss. For them to actually get down the road to the point where they're actually discussing it, that means that there was a real possibility that this could happen if they would get all parties involved and primarily LeBron James to sign off on it. LeBron might be doubling down, though. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We'll get to that in a second. I mean, you, I don't know what you were thinking, ripping management apart moments ago, and you were relying on Evan Wilner and the handman to deliver. They've got the golf up on every single monitor in your studio, and Tiger's nowhere to be found, and we, you know, you're all over him saying, Hey, why, why do we have him in any of the main groups? I don't need Hassan Pfeffer or whoever the guy was. And it turns out that it was Tiger in a main group. And now we got it on every TV in your studio. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna start right here. I'd like to apologize. Jimmy Pataro, all of the higher-ranking senior officials here at ESPN, may have gotten out a little over my skis in the last segment. In a radio studio right now, eight TVs. One has the big man on it, so I can see you. Could do without that. I've also got the Zoom return on the iPad here, so I don't know why. Don't he's need to also double up. Team. Yeah, I don't need to double up. I know what yeah. you look like. I got some other monitor with some soccer team, UFC Young Boys. Soccer. I don't know what the hell is going on there, but there's that's on. And then I got seven monitors, it appears, dedicated to golf. Now, we opened this show today talking about how we're betting on Tiger Woods. Okay, he teed off 1225 Eastern, uh, 925 local because they're in California. They're in L.A. We wanted to bet him to record a 70 or lower. Par on this course, 71. We're betting he goes under par. We're all on it. We're all excited. Evan and Handman are back there working the TVs, talking about how he's in the featured group. We can't find it anywhere. He's nowhere to be found. I aggressively take it to the next step. I rip management. Apparently, they're not actually in charge of this. This is a feed we take from the PGA Tour, so I should probably be ripping the PGA Tour. That also would have been misguided. because yep. It turns out the two buffoons in the back – just couldn't find the right channel. Is that what happened? How about this story? The guy leading, Charlie Hoffman, wanted a sponsor's exemption. Tiger wouldn't give it to him because Tiger's the host of this tournament. He plays his way in last week by finishing in like the top five at Waste Management. What are you He's doing? Now I don't care. He's deflecting. Nobody cares about Charlie Hoffman. Deflecting. Nobody cares whether or not you can watch or not. People care about Charlie Hoffman. We're betting on this. You're, we're all betting on this. We the whole goal, the whole the only thing we prepared for today was that we were going to bet on Woods and talk about it during the show. I didn't pay attention to anything else that we discussed that we'd be doing today. Nothing. Yeah. And Handman, you're back there. What are you doing? You know how these TVs work? How do we screw this up? This isn't my fault whatsoever. I want to I want to point out the fact that at 12:28, we looked up the Tiger tee off yet and then we we panicked. I think, I honestly, I think it was Evan that panicked. What a He's like, we got to find this. So we went to all it's these five different five hour channels. round of golf. You don't need to panic. What a disgrace. He did birdie the first, though. He's one under. Yeah, that, that's the, that's we're burying the lead here. I got here. a tee shot right is, here. Is I got a tee good. shot right here. Looks like we're off the green on this par three. That's an approach. All right, so we didn't hit. That's not a GIR, as they call it. Not a green in regulation. We're going to need a nice little chip across and then a putt, a nice little up and down to maintain this one under. That's what we're looking at here. Pressure mounting for all of us. Meanwhile, as the situation turns turns tumultuous. Meanwhile, these other two, born without thumbs. 
They can only point fingers. Just no thumbs. A real couple of bozos with the way things you. are happening in here. We had 24 hours to prepare this. The fact that we Charlie can't Hoffman? work TDs, TVs around here, that is actually quite the anecdote. So Charlie Sp- uh, qualified through a through, uh, Don't buy week. into this crap. He's deflecting. I do no, like Charlie Hoffman. He played into the tournament, and you wanted a sponsor's exemption. Tiger wouldn't give it to him, and now he's leading the tournament. That's fantastic. He should win the whole thing right in Tiger's oh, really? face. You got any interesting stories about Nikolai Harchgard, who's in second place? That kid can play. He's having a hell of a year. That's great. Every single tournament has been won by a guy that's been 80 to 1 or worse this year. And there's only one guy inside of 100 to 1 that's won since the tour opened in Hawaii at the Century. It's been nothing but long shots. Here's the problem. They will not take responsibility, and you're letting them skate. I don't care. I, I, I've said what I needed to say. If I get called in the management later, those two are going under the bus immediately. Well, I would that's have to I imagine it'd be easier to dismiss them than me. I'd like to believe it'd be easier. No one told to you to dismiss them than me, but who knows? Go after the production team. No, no, no one told you to do that. I was told Woods would be in the featured group. You two told me the featured group was on TV, and I got Christian Bezidenhut, who, you know, he seems to be doing all right. All right, neither here nor You're there. From Philly, trust the process. <laughs> All right, Christian Bezidenhut's from Philly. I said you are. Bezai- yeah. So All trust right. the process. That's, uh, we, that's we have a process. quite enough. Quite I think enough. From Westchester. <laughs> yeah, Christian Bezidenhut, Allentown, Pennsylvania. You guys actually went to uh, high school together. Huh, yeah, really? He was in your class. As it turns All right. out. All right. What do we What do we got here? I got to get on something else before this before this chip. Big chip coming got, up for Tiger. What we've got is Rich Paul. Oh. Rich Paul doubling down on the Stephen A. Smith show. So we know about the story earlier in the week that Woj and Ramona Shelburne had about uh, the Warriors calling and inquiring about uh, LeBron James before they were basically shut down by Rich Paul. Here he is doubling down on LeBron and his commitment to the Lakers. He's committed to the Lakers. I mean, Jeannie has been an incredible partner for him and us, and I think it's important for that to be understood and to be respected. Obviously, you know, there's ups and downs and emotions throughout the course of a season, but ultimately, you know, LeBron's committed to the Lakers. That's great. I think LeBron is committed to the Lakers because he doesn't want to leave Southern California. And Joe, he's not going to leave the Lakers to go somewhere else. What he wants is the other stars to come and join him there so he can get what he wants. Like he's looking at Philly. He's not going to go to Philly. We're talking about that yesterday. He's not going to go to Philly. They got all the cap room in the world. He won't go there. He wants people to come to him. Classic Mo Green. You don't yep. buy me out, I buy you out. Exactly. I'm Mo Green, right? We all know what, what happened, happened to, to Mo, Mo Green. Green. Yeah, it didn't go well for Mo Green. Yeah. Didn't go well. I find uh, I'm I'm interested how he's handling the idea that the Warriors, who, much like the Lakers, are very jammed up from a financial perspective in terms of the flexibility for how they can improve their roster, the Warriors decided they were going to pick up the phone and call L.A. and see if they could make something happen for LeBron James. His team doesn't seem to be doing anything of the sort. Anything of the sort. We haven't heard about the Lakers picking up the phone, calling anybody. Maybe it's just because it hasn't leaked, there hasn't been a story on it. But if you're LeBron, you have to think, hmm, The Warriors are trying to maximize every last second of the Steph Curry window, and they're actually calling here about me. Meanwhile, my guys are doing what? Because we're jammed up as well, but we should be maximizing every last second of the LeBron James window. Should we not? I wonder how that lands with him. I I really wonder. Uh, And he continues to push and push and push every turn that he can. And I'm telling you, I, I, I think the Lakers are getting sick of it. Not, not because LeBron um, 
has been anything but really good for them, but because like they feel like at some point we have to do something that's going to benefit us for the long term. Here's the problem. LeBron's not wrong. LeBron's not wrong. They should be doing everything to maximize him, just as you pointed out. Like that, why aren't they doing that? You would think, even if you didn't, you know what they should have done? They should have leaked a story saying they called the Warriors uh, inquiring about Steph Curry. Then it'd be like, how about that, LeBron? We were really trying to get something done for you. We got a big chip here. Tiger, uh, big chip. Here it is. He lets it go. Can you give me the golf voice? It's getting close. Slow down. Ooh, he blows it past. We got about a, what do we got, a 20-footer there, boys? That's not good. Dynamite play-by-play. Oh, that's. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.